0: Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Denmark podcast. I'm Chris Bennett, a Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We connect amazing freelancers in the tech, data, and product space with leading companies across the Nordics. In today's episode, we have a fantastic lineup of four talented freelancers who are truly passionate about what they do. And together we'll be exploring the world of Danish freelancing in uncharted economies. It's a topic that's both intriguing and filled with unique challenges and opportunities. Sit back relax, and enjoy the podcast. And if you haven't already, make sure you click that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. So let's jump in. So uh, this is another event um, delivered by Evolution Nordics team. Um, My name is Chris Bennett. I'm the managing director of the Nordics team here. And we're basically very passionate about trying to add values to communities that ultimately we do business with. Uh, And this is one of them. And we know right now in Denmark and across the whole of the Nordic region, uh, we're getting loads of customers asking for freelancers still, yeah. But there's definitely uh, something in the market now which some people are unsure whether to start going freelancing. Is it the right time? And so thankfully, I've spoken to four people that we know uh, that are coming to share their experiences, answer some questions prepared for them already, yeah, and just humanise the process really. Uh, And obviously, if you've got any questions, I will endeavor to ask uh, our panel them. So please put them in the right uh, um, chat box, and I will try and get through them. Okay, let's do some introductions. Christian, tell us who you are, a bit about yourself, please. Yes, thank you, Chris. Yeah, my name is Christian.
1: I'm based in Copenhagen. I have a background as a mechanical engineer from the Technical University of Denmark. So my first nine years uh, was with engineering companies, still software, all about software, but software that connected to mechanics and electronic devices. After that, a friend persuaded me to join a consultancy company. Um, so I was there for five years and there I learned about yeah, consulting. I was sent out to many different customers and, and learned about the pros and cons of that. And then I was six years in scale-ups and startups. And then for the last four years i've been freelancing so that's how i grew into freelancing you would
0: say awesome thanks for so much for that uh, christian uh, and robert yep
2: um hi everyone my name is robert i am from the netherlands but i live in denmark on the west coast a little town called and um, i've been working in data for about seven years I roughly half as a freelancer before as a consultant, um, work for many fun companies. Uh, Mobile Pay in Denmark is a name people know usually. Um, Adidas, the retailer from Germany, did a fun project there as well. Um, other than that, uh, started out more in the front end, so dashboarding, reporting, and slowly I moved my way kind of back in the chain of, of more ATL data warehousing nowadays, um, but still love doing projects kind of over that whole process of gain to end. and. Um, excited to be here fantastic um lorenz i'm man across the bridge
0: mm, yeah uh,
3: so i've been doing uh, software development for about 10 years now and been freelancing for only the uh, last two and i've been doing i don't mean all sorts of dev- development really but mostly around the web and been gravitating towards back end uh, and then uh, yeah now as a freelancer i've embraced uh, TypeScript on the back end. So it's been a lot of node and a lot of cloud engineering and stuff like that. And as yeah, as you mentioned, I'm a Swede. I've been operating mostly in Sweden, but I've been doing some uh, freelancing in Denmark also.
0: Awesome. Uh, and then finally, Erling, who had only 12, what, four or five hours notice for this event. So massive appreciation for joining us, Erling. By the way, you can't swear on this event.
4: I'll try not to. So uh, hey, if you're anything, then just uh, beep,
0: right? So
2: can
4: do that okay I can see that I'm actually the grand old man here I've been in the business for like over 30 years and for the last 24 years I've been working in the database industry starting with the SQL server platform um, and worked on that for many 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 years I've also been working for for Microsoft, uh, uh, talking about the SQL server and for the last four years I actually been in the freelance business uh, because I it turned out I well, I went into a role as a CTO. No, never do that. Kids, um, not at home, at least. And then I found out that why not just jump out being a freelancer and earn the double and work the half of the time. So that's actually what I did. And um, I have not looked back ever since. So today, what I normally doing uh, at my customer's place are working with mostly big systems, that means sign apps, um and uh, snowflake and stuff like that so uh, in the cloud so yeah um, and and mostly back end uh, but also of course a little bit bi on the side if um, if i had to so and just ask everything about just from sql server to uh, snowflake to nitessa to
0: whatever you like um awesome thank you uh, so those those are some uh, nice opening introductions i suppose going back around the table then um, Christine, what do you enjoy about freelancing? Um, what kind of what? Why did you? I know you mentioned when you started, but why did you start doing it? And what do you enjoy about
1: it? Yeah, I think the one positive thing is at least growth. You are sent out to many different companies, and you see how different companies do it. And that means you get a lot of different perspectives on how to do things, as opposed to being one stuck in one company or something like that. That could be the other extreme. So getting exposed to new thing on a regular basis forces you to like invest time in learning new things and keep your game up, I would say.
0: That's one positive thing, at least. And what would you say to someone who would challenge that and say, well, you could just do a year as a full-time employee and you could still have that attitude being as a full-time pl- employee? What would you say to that?
1: Yeah, you could... Uh... Of course, everything is possible, um, but I don't think you... I mean, maybe you could fall into the trap of then still uh, sticking to the same thing. So, I mean, I guess you're more forced into it. If you like that or not, I don't know. Mm. No, it's a good
0: point. Uh, What's your thoughts, Robert?
2: I think my main reason kind of ties into what you're saying, Chris, about, well, you could just be an employee for a year somewhere and then decide to go somewhere else. I think what I like about freelancing is that... um, Usually you're on a contract for three, six months, maybe a bit longer, but there's always a kind of a definite end date. And at that point, you're always being asked, hopefully, like, hey, we like you, do you want to extend or not? And it forces you to think about, am I happy with what I'm doing? Am I happy as clients Do I like what I'm doing here? Or do I want to do something else? And if I want to do something else, is it a different project? Is it training or certification? And so it, to me, really helps me be kind of in control of my own career or future in, in what I want to do and uh, meaning if I want to decide to pivot into a different tech stack or try to find a client in a different industry then you know it's it's your own responsibility and you have the freedom to do that it may it can make it more challenging as well because it puts more uh, responsibility on you as an individual um but if you like that then I think it gives you a potential for more freedom in deciding what you want to do
3: um yeah so It was mostly uh, the decision around my sort of last employment. So I was employed by a a startup slash scale up perhaps uh, for five years where I learned a lot and really enjoyed it. But then I felt like I had learned a lot like in that domain and tech stack and everything and wanted to try out uh, different things um, in many aspects. And um, then I figured going consulting was the way to do it. And I felt that if I were to consult, I might as well might as well sort of go all the way as I saw it and embracing freelancing and doing it or from scratch, if you will. Um and yeah, that has panned out well, I think. And I I agree. It's like you can definitely jump between employments often. I mean, and there's nothing really blocking that. And but I think also there's some cultural aspect of it also, like in the sense of freedom that like, yeah, if you, if you change employment every year, maybe some employers will frown upon that. Maybe like it will look illoyal or something while in the, or as a freelancer, that's sort of expected. So I thought that was a really nice aspect that you can really, yeah, embrace that side of it and jump, jump more often.
4: Yeah. As I start out to say, that this is about um, working half time and earning the double. That was uh, at least in the beginning. And also because I actually hated my job at that time. So, uh, so giving the opportunity just to jump out and saying, "Well, I don't want to be here anymore," and then go on being yourself without having anybody um, as a. Well, of course you are an employee when you're coming to a company, but you are not tied to the company in the same way as as uh, as you are as an, a normal employee. So I really like that, that's for sure. Being yourself, sort of, and also having the opportunity actually to have business on the side because actually I'm a coffee roaster too and uh, having a couple of groceries and um, work on that on on the same time so maybe it's because uh, having a habit on working many hours Uh, so because when I worked before maybe I worked like 60 hours every week and so on and uh, but only getting the money for a normal uh, only getting normal payment Uh, but being a consultant I still working 37 hours getting a better salary, but I can also work on the side then on my interests. In this case, it's coffee and uh, coffee bars and stuff like that. And also I have time for for surfing and and all this stuff. So I think it really gives me a freedom on doing more actually, Uh, earning more, of course, but also getting the nice projects because uh, sitting, being a normal employee, sometimes it's, um, no, I must not swear sometimes it's not very funny um, to get all the bad uh, things to do uh, being a consultant you are normally asked to do what is very funny so that means work on the nice projects that uh, is in in the front of the companies and so on because they had to go to the cloud and so on you were there as a, an as an expert and and getting invited into into those projects so um it's actually much more fun,
0: but I'm not working this actually, but <laughs> anyway, some something I pick, picked up on that early, uh, that um, I've been in co- uh, contract recruitment over 10 years, and I've heard it quite a lot, uh, about this idea that there's less stress, uh, or in terms of, there's no office politics, yeah, you can go in and get out, and this is, I suppose to the whole panel, it's like, what does that actually look like? Yeah, how does it actually feel? Like, Do you just not have to attend certain meetings? Do you just feel totally comfortable leaving on time? Yeah, when you all say that type of thing, what does that actually look like? I suppose that's what I'm trying to understand. Ah, well, of course there is a pressure
4: on you as an an external because they, they will look at you and say that, okay, you are external, so you should know what you're doing, right? So you are here to help the other ones. But you're totally right about that. You're not in in all these internal meetings that everybody else is, even though it could be fun to be in these meetings because some of it is actually funny. They go out eating and so on. So be not being an employee is sort of also degrading you on the social part. But if you are a social person, then you will be actually um, so, sort of also in, in their circles, right? But, uh, yeah. but thinking about pressure when you are, in our business, freelancers and so on. Then, typically, you will know what you are doing and have been doing that for many years. So, when you ask to do something, you normally will do it without any problems. Um, maybe if you have to learn a little bit to to do it, but I mean, also again, being in the business, you are learning how to do that fast. And and also, um, also, I think that um, many employees they will look at what they are doing is, oh, I have to do this. And this is actually not very funny. I would like to work on, on, on new stuff and so on. Um, uh, so uh, But being a consultant, you can go in and say, okay, I'm in here uh, for the money. I'm working hour per hour. So I really do not care if our company is moving in this direction or the other direction. I, of course, have my uh, proudness in what I'm doing. But if the company is moving that way or that way, I mean, should I care? I don't have to but the employees internally they have to care about that because they have to have the proud partners of their company but we don't have that so we are actually in it for the money yes but of course we can also but yeah it's also us who is have uh, we also have to lead the company in the right direction of course we should but still
0: we have more freedom in in choosing what we think is, is good for us right yeah I don't, Christine, have you got any thoughts on uh, stuff like the, the office politics? Yeah, the benefits when you're freelancing, you don't have to get involved in that. Do you have any, what does it look for people who have not done freelance before? How does it feel to do some of these things? I
1: think it's different from company to company. You know, some companies are very used to have freelancers and then you sort of just go into a team like any other employee at Europe. Participating in social events and drinking coffee and eating out or, and stuff like that. And when it comes to the other things about politics and things that is good in the company, things that you don't agree with, then it probably might be up to what kind of personality you are. I'm, I'm really interested in those social technical things. Like, I mean, you have to organize the team according to your system, or you have to do it like this and things like that. So, I. Kind of uh, go into it, and uh, that's uh, that's uh, also a vulnerab- vulnerability because that means I get annoyed or can't sleep at night because I think about I I wish I did this I cannot can't I see it that I should do this instead. So you have to find your balance. Uh, maybe what as Ali said, you can choose to go into it or you can choose to not go into it. So that's a balance you feel. So yeah, that's my comment for that. I guess
3: events. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I felt it varies a great deal between projects and, um, and companies, sort of how much they uh, bring you along for like, yeah, you know, different employee activities and how how welcome they make you feel. Uh, and, but I mean, uh, on average, I would say for sure, you're more distant to the team as, as a freelancer and yeah, pros and cons for sure. I mean, it's nice to avoid some of the more, you know, office politics, things a lot of the time but then i feel that you also uh, miss out on some of the more interesting parts in like how the processes are developed or you know where the company is going i generally like things like that so that's sort of the biggest drawback that i've felt is that you don't get to participate in all the meetings on like
0: strategy and stuff like that and uh, yeah but um, and and do do you think if you asked to be in those meetings it would be weird Or are you doing it out of courtesy not doing that what's kind of your experience with that i think it can be weird
3: in some contexts um some projects i've pushed a little bit to be more involved in sort of long-term long-term decisions and and so on i, I don't know it's case by case i would say i, I would say sometimes it would be weird yeah but uh, sometimes not so i think it varies a lot
2: robert yeah i, th- I think it is very much a company culture kind of thing Um, at some of the projects I've been where you kind of where the the need for a freelancer was to fill in a gap in a team and you were kind of part of an ongoing team then I felt that um, the the more you kind of engage and become part of the team the more they appreciate that Uh, they, they would appreciate curiosity and engagement because they see like hey you care about this and sure there is a certain transactionality to freelancing and say you pay me this by the hour and I'm here like for that time. Uh, more times means a, a larger bill in that sense. But I think many teams still, in the greater scheme of things, uh, many teams and companies would often kind of comment on, the, hey, we'd like that you are involved in, in what we do as a company. We like that you're asking questions that you want to understand. And and I think for me, that's also part of uh, doing my job well is sometimes you know being in those meetings uh, that are not necessarily directly related to my work. But help me understand the bigger context of what the company does and, and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, I would always kind of I would let the, the company or the people in the team kind of create that uh, the, that feeling, kind of just go with that flow. Um, I like being part of a team and feel part of feeling part of a team, even though I'm like, technically a different uh, position than a, a internal employee. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it will kind of come naturally when you just sit back a bit and see how they respond to you being engaged and stuff or that, um and then just take it from there no thanks for that thanks for that robert um okay so uh
0: we've done some things introductions i really wanted to gauge an understanding of kind of why you started freelancing and what you see the benefits of freelancing are i suppose the topic of today is really understanding how everyone's getting on in the different economies yeah um and understanding kind of has anyone done anything different? So I suppose the question for the panel, and, and feel free to jump in. So, how has the economy, current economy, affected your freelancing work and decisions?
2: Good question. I can go first. Um, yeah, Robert. So I think for me, I don't, I haven't had a project for the last couple of months. Um, so that I think says something about the industry, but of course, it's a very small uh, sample in a in a bigger industry. But what I what I do kind of see is that what I hear from recruiters, because I do talk to them a lot. Um, is that there's, there is a bit of a decline in demand or things that they put on hold a bit. Um, so that is that is one thing, and um, I'm, I'm seeing that the, the the requirements for roles change a bit to more uh, of a hybrid work model. Uh, hybrid meaning one or two days a week at the office and the rest at home, uh, but you have to be there every week, which um, for me, for example, living quite far away from all the, the major business hubs uh, is a bit more of a challenge. Um, so yeah, I do see some changes, um, but yeah, we could see what the others think as well. I mean, I also feel uh, the market
1: has dropped, so I've also been uh, available for the past two months. <laughs> and I've tried to think: should I? I had, had, at New Year, I had s- several opportunities, so I could choose one that was very secure, but I still chose one that was more risky. Uh, and now I kind of regret it because uh, it meant the risky one didn't work out. So if, now I could have been in a secure position. But of course, I would also have regretted it if I did take the chance. So that's some things. But you could consider be more strategic, like get a job starting in, in January for one year. That would be optimal, I guess. So you avoid the, those uh, seasonal lows, like in summer, maybe. But that's also just my perspective.
0: What, well, so, Christy, I'm interested to know what's a riskier as opposed to uh, a secure contracts
1: uh, for me i think uh, I th- there are some contracts where people know what they're asking about if they're asking for a very specific technology things and you're going to implement software coding then they probably know what you're asking for they're asking for and we can give it and they have a dedicated project those that i found risky was like a uh, more uh, to the soft parts like uh, Facilita- facilitating and helping with a, yeah business requirements and so on. I would say that's not as well defined, and, and then maybe it's clear what they, unclear what they're asking about and whether they're ready for it. Yeah. So that's things I, mean, I Yeah, that's the difference for me at least. Yeah,
0: um, Erling, your thoughts on this?
4: Yes, and I'm sorry if you can hear somebody in the background because I'm actually sitting at the office at my work. I had to (laughs) because I'm working right. So I do not have two months off. Uh, Sometimes I really think it could be nice. But uh, I think the industry that I'm working in is, um, well, it's not that hard to get a job in there. So working with data as a data engineer or whatever, then... And also working a lot with analysis and BI data and so on. It's um, even in crisis times of crisis and so on, there are a lot of work because they really need the numbers to see how everything is going, right? So, uh, so for that one, choosing the way that I like data engineer part and so on is actually been pretty good. So, and the economy side. Well, it is nice because I can use a lot of the money that I'm earning for my coffee uh, shop. So I can, I can work, um, I can make my hobby company uh, on the side. uh, So with the money that I'm earning or half of the money that I'm earning in, in, in the industry. So, so for me, actually, it's pretty good. But it's, it's as, as Robert and Christa said, there is a risk. Uh, the risk could be that you are falling between two chairs that you are going for opportunity and then you don't get it and then you have said no to three or four of them because you really wanted that one right and then you're sitting there don't and and then you don't get any money for a month maybe two months and so on and that can be pretty hard i think um yeah you you guys you can tell me about it right but i i think it could be pretty hard and that's actually a risk that you have to take also i would say that don't jump into freelancing unless you have a lot of experience because um, you don't do it as 25 years old and stuff like that. You shouldn't. Uh,
1: um, I think I I have a comment. I think think, uh, Erling has definitely a niche, which is data analytics. It sounded like some of your guys also had that. So... If you have a clear niche that is up in the market, then of course you're in a good position. Uh, what, another niche could be DevOps. If you're a hardcore DevOps uh, engineer, then you're also pretty secure. So of course, uh, if, if you're interested in those things, then then find your niche. Uh, that will help you a lot. Of, make many things easier. Yeah.
4: yeah. 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 But you should go for what you love, right? You should not go for what you think is the best uh, niche and so on. Go for what you what you really love. And if you do that, you will never go that wrong, right?
1: Yeah, you hope, hopefully. But I mean, I could
4: say I have chosen to go
1: what I loved, but being punished for it. So, so I think I, be, I think that too, uh, because if you don't do it, you will probably regret it. But it's not not always a good story about go for what you love, and then everything will be good, right? Of course, you
0: did say that, but uh, uh,
1: yeah, It's also a reality aspects
0: in of it. Yeah, I think. We talk about women here are jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I uh, go for reality. Uh, Lorenz, have you noticed a difference uh, over the last, what, year or so with the economy? Um, yeah, I guess. It's, it's hard to tell. I mean, from any one
3: person's perspective, it's very anecdotal, of course, and I've only done it for two years. Not too much to compare it to, but the thing I have noticed is mainly... You know, in chat groups and whatnot, people are voicing more concerns and I've seen more people sort of being um, uh, concerned about the situation. And for my own part, it's, yeah, the last project now has had a larger gap than I've had before. So I had roughly a month's gap as well and we just jump on the new project, but before this. And, uh, you know, it's never a great feeling not to get the next project as soon as you want but, um, i haven't been too stressed out about it i've also got the advice early on to you know save up a buffer um so i've done that and part of why i also went into freelancing was to be able to spend more time on side projects so it's other software in my case and not coffee unfortunately but you know so i have sort of this uh, locked up i usually only work 80 percent regardless i have this like 20% locked up for side projects and so this last month, it's mainly been more of that. So more side projects and some volunteer work and try to stay in sort of a productive mode, I felt is important to me, not only playing video games.
2: Can I just quickly jump in on that, Chris? Because I think it's a, it is a funny kind of balancing act that, uh, to have time in between projects. Uh, I think most of us say, oh, we love freelancing for a big part because of flexibility and freedom. And then when you do get freedom and maybe a bit too much of it, you are like, oh no, what now? What's next? And, um, and I think that's just something that, you know, that's like, okay, after, you know, at least I know for myself how many months of leeway I have before I kind of should stop worrying more or maybe considering applying for different jobs and freelancing, um, which helps me kind of bridge that gap. Um, but it is something to, it's a funny kind of balancing act of how can I enjoy time in between projects and then working, like Levent saying, on side projects or hobbies, uh, like Erling was saying as well. I do like to surf. It's a main reason why I moved here. And to have more time for that is always a great thing. I like being in the in the, in the the forest here to go for a run. So when you have time, you want to enjoy it and not think about, oh, what's my next project going to be? But how do you get peace in your mind um, being in that intermediary stage? And uh, for, for me, it's kind of knowing, OK, how far of a leeway do I have helps me a lot to kind of get some peace in my mind. But I'm curious to hear about those as well, if there's any kind of coping strategies or kind of mindset uh, ideas about how to how to deal with that Mm, i definitely agree and it's i wished i
3: had sort of had that mentality to describe more like being relaxed about it because in my mind i mean this is what i want to do spend time on these side projects but then you always know that you don't know when the next thing is going to land so it's easy for a sort of stress to creep in there even though i knew i sort of had this leeway for several months and i could withstand it so yeah something i guess to practice mentally to uh, to be relaxed in those situations
0: no good advice for it though. Christian, um, I know you're a big, big advocate of uh, getting involved in the community, and I think when I mean, you and me have spoken before, this is kind of one of the ways you get jobs. Yeah. Um, have you thought in your downtime of doing more community events, or just give us an idea why you do the community? And has that correlated into what you've been doing for the last two months?
1: Well, it has uh, been contributing to my bad conscience, I think. I've been very active in community with a a group called Domain-Driven Design Meetup, which has been existing like 10 years, Uh, but it was down a bit due to the COVID. We did have an online meeting, which was a success, but but then after that, I really... Had, didn't have the energy to arrange new meetings. And I thought, now that you are between jobs, now you have plenty of time. Well, somehow I've, I still procrastinated. Yeah. So I think, um, they would have, yeah, that's just the f- fact, but I would like to do it. And I try to be uh, into a conference this week. That's another thing to do while you are uh, between jobs. And of course, I bought it when I was starting the new gig. T- so now I thought, now you have plenty of money, so you can just spend them on the conference. <laughs> um, so I fully agree with the advice. Uh, save up some buffer. That will probably ease a lot of things for you. Well, that, that my experience is that you you go in and out of these periods where you worry. At least I did, or oh, I'm doing that. So sometimes you get reminded Yeah. How, how, many, how much money do you have left now. And other times, uh, yeah, well, can't cope with it, so we just do other things so I've been visiting a friend I'm playing more trumpets so I practice trumpet every day and I'm, I also go windsurfing and could do that uh, yesterday for a couple of hours just low wind uh, doing tricks um, and you have to do that uh, to relax but then there could be another moment next week where ooh, you really ought to get a job now Chris <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's
4: ups and downs that's how I cope with it. But well, that's my reality, I would say. If I can come in with something here, um, it's all right. Uh, actually, this about uh, getting uh, offers and so on and, and being in the, um, what do we call that, uh, being in the high-quality end or whatever and getting uh, a lot of uh, offers from, uh, from, from uh, the freelance companies. It's also about h- how you are acting. Uh, that means also how you're acting on, on Facebook, how you're acting on LinkedIn and so on. So that always keep yourself in the front so that they will be interested. So that means if you do something, which is pretty cool uh, when you're working, let's say you are jumping over a problem and and, and, and you fix it and, and you can tell everybody else about how to fix problems like this, go into LinkedIn, maybe save it until you have like one month before your contract will end and so on. Then go in on LinkedIn, do some... Um, uh, just do some activities you you should make a little uh, whatever you want to maybe uh, not a, a total big story but just you know throw all those small goodbyes into LinkedIn so that people will go in and look at you and read about what you have been doing and also get some ideas oh yeah that was a good idea and this guy he's pretty brilliant or whatever right and also you'll get interested for the guys like Chris because you show that you are act- actually pretty good at what you're doing, or at least you say so, right? So, um, and the, the stuff about conferences and going and being a speak uh, speaker on conferences is also very good. I've been doing that a lot on, on the SQL server side uh, so that you get a name. If you can do that, uh, that is actually also very good to do. But be active on, on LinkedIn, uh, for instance, uh, write some uh, articles about what you're doing and so on, write some cool stuff. Then suddenly you just see, then you get, maybe then you get 100 hits, 200 hits or something like that. So be active on LinkedIn. You, you,
0: you really have to. Mm, it's, it's brilliant advice, to be honest, Erling. I don't know, has anyone ever, you got any other advice on kind of what they do with either their profile, their LinkedIn? Yeah, especially in these downtimes. times. Look it over, you know. Yeah. Polish it,
3: polish it up. Um But I think it's also a good opportunity, sort of, as you were alluding to, but uh, to spend time to sort of uh, profile you more in line with what you want to do, perhaps. So if you want to shift what you're doing in terms of technology or role or something, to spend more time on that sort of inside project capacity uh, to be able to show that off. Um, So yeah, maybe you can get closer to doing what you love because uh, I, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's nice to do what you love, but sometimes uh, what you love is not what uh, there is demand for. So, sort of closing that gap uh, is what I try to do. I think yeah. to me,
2: I, I try to uh, keep track of all recruiters I talk to. Um, so, whenever, because there's this question, there's companies out there. Uh, Chris, as you might know, there's, there's quite a lot of, of Chris's out there in the world, and, and they all have. There's only, only one Chris. There's only one Chris. Fair enough, fair enough um but um but there are many recruitment firms still at their their niches and their clients that they work with um so kind of even when i'm on a project i will kind of i will always try to engage with them keep the contact details and i basically have this list of people that i can always reach out to and kind of before starting something new again it just gives you kind of something to, something to hit the ground running and just you know be in a bit more of a constant dialogue instead of just like okay well now's day one i'm ready who should i talk to um it is something to kind of I think keep keep in touch with with as many recruiters who who know the network. I don't have a big network of companies that I uh, know personally in Denmark, um. So that kind of I think fills the gap for that, um. By talking to recruiters as much as I can.
0: Yeah, there are loads of us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Erling, how do you deal with like recruiters, especially like in these, I suppose in these times? Do you pick up the phone to anyone? Do you they can choose? Do you check people out on LinkedIn. How do you choose? Well, I try to get rid of them because they're phoning all the time, right? <laughs> uh,
4: actually, as I said, in my in, in my part of the world uh, about data and so on, there are actually a lot of uh, recruiters that uh, comes with others. Um, of course, I can see that in the summertime, it goes down. Also over Christmas and so on. I mean, December was horrible. Uh, then it opened up in January, uh, July is horrible, then it opened up in August and stuff like that. Um, that's Recruiters are recruiters, right? Uh, but I think try to be in, in contact with the recruiters. Uh, try to see uh, if, if you have like two, three, four favorite recruiters, uh, keep in touch, but then give them a call once in a while and talk about uh, bicy- cycling or, or, or surfing or whatever you know that they like and you also like. So try to get a personal contact with your recruiters. Also, I would say that maybe you go into a company with a contract, which is three months, then try actually to be an asset in there. Um, Because all this about being that we do not have social uh, activities with with these guys and so on. Well, of course you can and you should. What I'm doing once in a while, uh, let's say, Last year, I think it was, uh, I was at, at Pandora. Um, one of my other colleagues uh, and me, we made um, a social event where we actually went out surfing with uh, with the whole team, with both teams, right? So we made barbecue on the beach, and then I brought a lot of uh, stand-up paddle boats and kayaks and stuff like that. And we, of course, paid everything. And it wasn't that horrible much money, right? But that means that the team really loves you. So they will not get rid of you so if they look at this guy or that guy, this guy is actually making social events for us and he's also pretty okay in what he's doing. And then you look at the other guy is totally boring. Uh, still a good programmer whatever, but he's boring. He's not making any event for you. Who do you want to choose? So when when, when the, the, the team leader or whatever says, okay, we have to get rid of uh, something, who do you want to keep? Maybe you'll be the keeper, then, right? So that's also... Please be social um, with uh, with your uh, uh with the other guys in in, in in the team and also be social with your uh with your
0: Chrises. Yeah. And I'm gonna change this the name of this bo- uh webinar to freelance in Australia with the American surfing that's getting talked about. It. yeah. Uh <laughs> on the on the a, a, a serious note, um what's everyone's thoughts Some... on reducing rates or changing your rate during these economic times yeah there'll be freelancers listening to this who may have not got a project the last two months yeah what paradigm or what kind of rule do you live by in these situations and start with you you Erling yeah because you're not in this situation so what's the ideal well
4: um of course we are right now Fighting or not fighting, but we there are a lot of other consultants from Ukraine, from Poland, from a lot of other places that uh, have a lower rate than we have, right? Uh, and even though that they are there, uh, we are still get pretty good paid, I would say. That. And normally I get what I ask for. Um, so, but if if I want to go in somewhere, or if I if I'm saying that I want to be 100% remote or something like that then I have to go down in my rate, right? Uh, but for my markets, um, it's not many problems right now, even though there, that we are, there are a lot of uh, competitors out there from Ukraine, from Romania and so on, but uh, still. Uh, so I might not be the right person to ask
0: you because... Uh, um, no experience to, yeah
4: Yeah. Okay.
0: No, that's fair enough. I appreciate the honesty. Honest uh, Lorenz. But you're,
4: think, but you're right about dumping the rate would, of course, maybe get you a job. But also remember that if you are dumping your rate, you might not be that good if they look at you, because why
0: should you then jump, uh, dump your rate? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fine balance. It really yeah. is a fine balance. Uh, Lorenz? Hmm. Um, yeah.
3: So I, I think it's good to think about and sort of plan for so, sort of what's your ideal rate and what's what's workable sort of what's the lower bound but then and then also think about sort of where that is on your list of priorities of what you're willing to sort of sacrifice so I sort of have this list of things I, I would go tick off one by one if it's sort of um things are getting more difficult like type of projects organization tech stacks stuff like that and then you know pay is somewhere on that list um I haven't gotten there yet that i felt the need to to reduce it but you know it can reach that point for sure mm-hmm. um yeah uh, christian
1: yeah i think like it's like there are two scenarios one where you have a specialization that that is asked for and then there's more the general purpose software development where yeah there are a lot more competition because uh Many more people who can do that. So these are two different situations. Um, and then I also compare with sometimes the mechanics of um, freelancing is that some company has already negotiated, you could say, some kind of nearly fixed price, where there's not much to bargain about. Whereas if you really have a speciality name, then it's more like a real negotiation. You can give and buy, which is just a bargaining. Um, yeah, so I also come. Say why? Uh, I mean, see we have inflation on top of that. Why should the price go down then? But of course, it's uh, increasing competition and and perhaps fewer jobs that makes the market move. Uh, then you have to consider it. And the more you get to the point where you have to really get a job, then I guess you would have to. But it's still this mind game: Do I want do I want to dump the price or not, or how does that look? That maybe the next good job is just one week ahead. You don't know. So, so there are definitely considerations. But being, a, I mean, going down 10% is better than not having a job, right? So maybe look at it this way uh, instead, and
2: then go down 10%.
0: Robert.
2: Yeah, so I usually just give a, a fairly kind of fixed rate uh, when I when I uh, when I recruit and ask for it because you kind of have to define your rate upfront, which is a bit tricky because that's not net, not yet the moment where you negotiate potentially. And um, so I always kind of go, this is my rate. I'm happy to discuss this kind of, you know, in the bigger scheme of other things of the project. So is it remote? Is it on site? How much of that is the travel cost involved? Um, what kind of tech stack is it? Is something that I think is valuable to learn. And I'm, I'm happy to kind of move up or down based on all these uh, conditions. Um, and then that's all kind of within a reasonable boundary, like a lower limit of it. I, I know somewhere, okay, if it's less than this, I, I don't think you, I'm the right person you're looking for because it seems that you're looking for a different skill set or a different kind of uh, person for that budget. Um, and I don't think either of us going to be happy with that, uh, with an outcome. But a couple years back, I once had uh, a talk with a recruit and we were kind of we we're so far apart that I figured this, wherever we reach up, neither of us going to be happy. Like it's not going to be nice for me, and you're going to be kind of bothered by by the range as well. So. Kind of end of nowhere.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a diffi- difficult scenario. Yeah. Um. I suppose to put my chip in as I suppose I've I've done it from the opposite side from yours. Well, somewhere in between is just trying to. Uh, for anyone anyone freelancing out there listening, it's just trying to be in a position where you don't have to say yes. Yeah, you know, getting yourself in that position. Then you don't have to ever change your rate, yeah. And it really does mean during your contracts making sure you're pretty active, yeah. Um, making sure you've got a niche skill set, making sure you're constantly in touch with good recruiters that is, uh, few and far between, granted, but yeah, good recruiters with good clients, I suppose. Um, and yeah, being in that position, if you're not in that position, yeah, um, uh, sometimes you will have to drop the rate. I've seen that, um, but whenever people drop rates, they'll be quickly looking for that rate increase asap. <laughs>
2: yeah. How does it work for the other way around? Because I'm curious to hear from you how much rate has an influence of the the chance of the candidate. Like what happens? What happens when I've given you my rate, I've given you my resume, and then you go to the client? And what? It's more, it's more in suitability. Yeah, it's. I
0: mean, it's, there's several things that impact it. It's, Depends on the type of recruitment agency you're working with. Yeah, so are they a type of recruitment agency? I mean, we try and deal direct with the line manager, try and get exclusive work, try and control most of the process because we know we're good at it and therefore we're just looking for the best candidates. If you're dealing with a big agency, um, not to name some, but big agency or just flying CVs over, then generally it's a rate thing. Yeah, so think about the size of the recruitment agency you're working with and what their job is that if their job is to just send cvs over then yeah if your rate's not one of the lower ones then you might not get into if you're working with an agency hopefully like an evolution where we're controlling the process we're setting up the interviews yeah then just be the best person and therefore you don't need to change the rate as much yeah so that would be my biggest advice there knowing which type uh, of of uh, situation you're in um and likewise be the one that doesn't need to say yes so when you're the person that doesn't need to say yes i'll be telling my recruiters well how much how much do they need to get over the line what is their current job paying let's make sure we're paying over that job so they don't go back to the other job so yeah put yourself in those positions so sales people like us are trying to get you not the opposite way around yeah so that would be about my advice is but it's so difficult listening to everything that the panel said today of navigating that route of navigating like when to say yes when to say no i think christine you said yeah you could be one week away from a perfect project um and so yeah it's challenging it's challenging i suppose there's no direct i suppose just keep in touch with other people doing similar things to you i don't know can, can anyone recommend any good like freelancing networking groups or freelancing slack groups or events that people people um are part of. LinkedIn. Okay, LinkedIn. <laughs> let me let me write that down. But there's only five hundred million people there, so Yeah, five hundred million, yes, that's true. Do, but is any, does anyone got any Slack groups? Does anyone go to the uh freelancer event? Yeah. Does anyone do any of that type of thing? I think there are some specialised groups um, I mean there's a
1: JavaScript front end community called Scrimper where they learn JavaScript and then Web technologies, and they also talk about getting their first jobs, So many of them. But I don't think I fit too good into that uh, uh, group, Uh, but I have another group that's called uh, DDD cqrs es and that's just abbreviation. It's Domain-Driven Design, uh, CQRS, and Event Sourcing. So this is uh, a niche that I find very interesting, and there they also share jobs, but normally it doesn't get anywhere. At least it's in the same country. And this is, I think, bigger in in UK and the Netherlands they're not so big in Denmark. So it doesn't help it too much. But uh, just. But uh, it is an exam where people post about kind of jobs that they're interested in. Like, I suppose there could also be a data analy- analy- analytics uh,
0: site somewhere or Slack group. I don't know. Okay. Mm. Well, I suppose here's my sales queue. We do have a Slack group. <laughs> yeah, we do have a Slack group that i put the uh, link in the comments on the right hand side. Uh, so do join there. Um, and yeah, anything, data, tech, or product in Denmark, yeah, that's our thing, just the freelancer side. Yeah. Um, we're conscious of time now. Um, so I just want to thank, thank all our participants Christian, Robert, Lorenz, and Erling. Thank you so much for joining us today this event will stay on linkedin so if you want to watch again feel free to jump on there if you want to send it to someone it'll be also available uh, after a bit of editing on our podcast which is evolution exchange denmark uh which there's, there's nearly 100 episodes there you can listen to what's going on at Mers trust pilot dance Combine, all the cool and interesting stuff that things are going on and me and my team are actually in Copenhagen next week. So if you are around, yeah, feel free to pop us a message. And I'm sure we'll be in an Irish pub, which generally always happens. Yeah. Um, or on client site, obviously. Look, look at
2: your culture sniffing in Copenhagen.
0: <laughs> I tell you what, if you don't on the LinkedIn thing, I, I do so many posts about really interesting stuff about freelancing, my thoughts on the market, or even other people's thoughts. And the post I've got the most uh, comments on is my post about can you wear shorts to a client meeting in the
2: <laughs> I saw that one. I, like, uh, I put it today. What? I put it a real So normally
0: you have to put it at 8 o'clock in the morning to get the most response. It's got like 150 responses and it, did, it happened like an hour and a half ago. Yeah, so exactly. that's what happens on LinkedIn if you get involved. Yeah. Um,
2: what, what's, the, what's the consensus so far?
0: A lot of people are saying you can wear shorts. But if you look at um, some dodgy people in there, someone shows, I believe, yeah, I can see who's, who's voted. So I will 100% publish the results. And i also send pictures of, we've got some really good, uh, we've got an on-site podcast with TDC Uh I think we've got an on-site podcast with Carnov. So we're doing a lot uh, in, in the center of Copenhagen, and then we've got a lot of client meetings around it. So will you sure see some pictures about what if we're wearing shorts or not? <laughs> but on a serious note we do need to go thank you so much uh, for joining us and thanks again to our panel cheers everyone
3: thank you cheers, cheers. All right cheers